tonight I'd like to share some reflections on this process of beginning again. One second here. So tonight on this process of beginning again, because it's, you know, the new year. <laughs> and I'd like to begin with to begin again together. To begin again together in creating this community. So it's kind of like a renewal of this value of community. Like when I reflect on this past year for me, I think one of the things I realize about my learning experiences during this past year is that it was filled, you know, opening to other beings, both human and more than human, and doing that opening through opening to both the differences between myself and others, and at the same time, opening to the similarities between myself and others. And I think this is a deep value that we have here in the Flagstaff Insight Meditation community. To begin again by creating this culture together, a culture of multiplicity. Yeah, coming together with our differences and coming together with our similarities. I think it's, it's honoring both when we have both of those. That's what makes a vibrant community. And just, you know, if, if we were to reflect right now, you know, if we had time to go around, we, we wouldn't, but it'd be so much so interesting to just to get a sense of, you know, how each of you relate to these teachings in the spiritual path. Right, you, you might notice there's some things that you resonate with and some things that you don't, and that would be varied for each and every one of you. And there's something really important about those differences that create our community and having that intertwined with our similarities, right? All of you here, you probably know something about suffering, about challenge. All of our challenges and sufferings might be different, but we can relate on that level, can't we? Or maybe on the other end, maybe all of us here have tasted some kind of flavor of being present or some kind of flavor of kindness or compassion or joy that sparks an interest in a spiritual path. Not some thought about it, but like the feeling, like you've felt something different that's given you kind of a, a window into a different way of being in the world. And that's motivating. Maybe there's a similarity there too. So to begin again, right, with actually what is right here, right, similarities and differences right here on our call together. You know, because this is, this is one way of beginning again that I find so enlivening, not beginning again of what I need to add or what I need to do next, but what's right here and to begin again with that. So this is what I want to share with you some reflections on and continue around this, the value of beginning again. Like to begin again with ourselves, with 
what's right here? You know, maybe, maybe like me, some of you noticed how it can be challenging to begin again. You notice this? Maybe you feel paralyzed or overwhelmed by your past. Ever notice this? You know, maybe you did something in your past that, that still brings the burden of some guilt or shame, or maybe there's some behavior that, that you still engage in in some way that haunts you. And these kinds of things, right? They, they don't carry, carry you forward in your life. It's, it's not word onward leading, but rather paralyzing, stifling, confining. Or maybe it's that something was done to you or something happened to you in the past that feels like it holds you back. Or maybe it's even subtler than that. You know, that there's past ways of being that seem to hinder you. Can anyone relate to this? You ever notice this about the past? <laughs> right. And what I want to point out is what can happen around these kinds of experiences is it's like our mind creates a confining notion of ourselves and the world around us. And then what happens is we have these notions about me and the world. And then from those notions, right, we perceive experience that's biased by those notions. So let me give an example of this. So for example, you know, maybe there's a person that has a notion of themselves. I never get anything done. And that can be such a narrow sense of oneself. Oh, I'm the kind of person that's just, I don't really have it together. I never really get anything done. And, and then what do I see as I see my list of all the things I don't get done? And it's really quite narrow. But if we were to take a look right on the sidelines of this narrowness here, it's like, oh, oh, today, actually, that's not so true. You, you called your daughter. Oh, you took the dog for a walk. Oh, over here, you cleaned the kitchen. Okay, it's true. They're not on your to-do list. But it's amazing how the mind can narrow around some notion about who I am, and I forget everything else that lies outside of that. This is what the Buddha is talking about when he talks about creating a self, is I have some notion of myself that then reinforces seeing that. It's like everywhere I look around, oh, I'm the person that doesn't get things done. Oh, there it is again. There it is again. It's like the, the, the perception has been biased in this way. And what's it like to broaden that, to actually see more broadly what's here? to begin again with ourselves with what's here. And sometimes it's great to notice the things that we don't get done every day. It can be such a great list. Wouldn't it be great if you took 10 minutes to write a list of all the things you didn't do today? Oh, I didn't yell at my partner. That is so cool. Another day, another day of not yelling at my partner. It's been, been an awesome day as far as that. Or it can even be a smaller, like this morning for a couple hours, I didn't forget where I placed my phone. It was so great. There was like a few hours I knew where my phone was. Wow. 
I didn't, I didn't forget about it. I didn't for, lose it through those few hours. That is so cool. I didn't get lost on the internet this evening. Ah, that feels so good. What is it like to broaden what's here, to begin again with ourselves, with what's right here, and maybe with what's not right here? And to savor that. And as I mentioned, this is, this is one of the dimensions of this teaching of not self. It's so deeply freeing when we're not confining ourselves with these kinds of notions. It's like to realize I'm more of a verb than a noun or more of a process than a thing. I'm not fixed. And because I'm not fixed, I can actually begin again. If I'm fixed, there's no beginning again. So important to broaden this, to get out of the confinement of the notions that create, this is who I am. And then to begin again with not only ourselves, but with others, with what's right here. And this I think is so important I know, for me at least, the people I'm closest to. Because those are where the notions of who they are are so rigid and strong. One Zen story about this, this is about a, a Japanese villager who's in a small village. And his wife uh, got quite ill and sick. And as a result, his his life radically changed, which probably some of you here have experienced where he ended up having to be the caregiver, not only taking care of the fields and the family, but also being the caregiver of his, uh, of his ill wife. And it was an incredibly full life. And some of his friends in the village really noticed this change in his life. And, and his name was Kichibe. And they said, uh, Kichibe, you must be exhausted and worn out and having such a hard time. And Kichibe said, oh, no, 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 that's, that's not the case. And his friend said, well, how could that be? You know, you're taking care of, you know, not only the regular things you have to take care of, but also taking care of your ill wife now. And he said, well, it's because when I, when I take care of my wife, it's both, both a first experience and a last experience. When I take care of my wife, it's both a first experience and a last experience. It's a first experience. It's new. This is someone new in front of me right now. And then it's a last experience. It's gone. And then the next moment, oh, it's a first experience. Here is this being who is suffering, and here I am, and it's a first experience for me and seeing them and beholding them and taking care of them. And it's a last experience that passes away. A new person, a new moment. Seeing the other more as a verb than a noun, a process, more as a process than a thing. Can you get a feeling of what that would be like? 
I find it so interesting to try to do this, especially with the people I'm closest to, to see them for the first time, to actually begin again. Give it a try. What's that like to see someone in your life for the first time to actually begin again? You don't have to be too extreme. Don't ask them what their name is or something like that. They'll get worried. <laughs> but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. To allow your life to be filled with both a first experience and a last experience. But to begin with others, with what's right here, right now. And then to begin again with our spiritual practice, with what is right here. You know, as a, I think probably most of you or many know, I was a, a monk in the Zen tradition for, the Rinzai Zen tradition for a number of years. And part of the Rinzai Zen tradition is uh, it's common to engage in what's called koan practice. And koans, there's sometimes a phrase or a question or some kind of dilemma that's given to a practitioner. Kind of the, the best definition I've heard of a koan is that it's an important matter that needs to be clarified. So koans like, you know, a classic koan is from the Zen master Hakuin. You know, he says that, two hands clap and there is a sound. So tell me, what is the sound of one hand? What is the sound of oneness? So you're given something like this as a practitioner and then practitioner is to, it's kind of like you, you, you embody the koan through your meditation practice. And it's that embodiment that leads to the understanding of the koan. And the interesting thing is, is in, in many Rinzai schools, there's a, a whole collection, there's many, many collections of koans. And in, in usually in a number of monasteries, there's a whole process of going through a number of koans. You start with kind of beginner koans and then you get into intermediate ones and more advanced ones. And this can be really so much of the practice. So with the Zen master I was practicing with, similar thing particular unfolding of koans from beginning koans to more advanced ones. And after I'd been practicing for quite a few years as a monk, I went into the see, see the Zen master. And this is after doing, a, you know, so many different koans with him. And I see him after a number of years of practicing with him, and he gives me the very first koan I'd ever gotten so long ago. So here I am back to the first koan. Not over here, but I'm here. And so I express, you know, my understanding of this koan to him, you know, the, the way I passed it the first time. And he gives me this shocked look, which he was so great at doing, you know, and basically he would, what happens is at the end of your interview, you, he'd ring the bell, which basically means get out of here. <laughs> so it's kind of like shocked look, get out of here. You know, you don't know anything. And I remember this feeling, right? Because I had built up as someone who knew that koan. Like I knew that aspect of practice. And here he was saying, begin again with what's right here.
was such a important lesson for me. Because I, I know for, you know, also speaking to some of you who practice for a while, it's so easy to start to reside in that the state of I know in a very rigid way. There's a whole multitude of dimensions to these practices and teachings that we're exploring here together. And you probably notice when you hear us teachers speak, whoever it is, so often we're coming back to the same thing again and again and again because of these dimensions. So important. I must admit, it was relieving. I, I spoke with a brother monk of mine after this experience who had been practicing for two decades. And he said the same thing happened to him after like two decades of practice, <laughs> going back to the beginning again. <laughs> Still was a great teaching. So to begin again your spiritual practice with what's right here, in this way. And to also to begin again with what's right here, with curiosity. You know, what, what does the breath really feel like? Because if you know how the mind gets habituated to how the breath feels, what's it like to begin again with what's right here, with just the breath? That curiosity with our moment-to-moment -moment experience. What is it feel like to fully feel the joy that you might be feeling at some point in the day, to find the multiple dimensions in that experience, just as there's multiple dimensions in the feeling of the breath. Or even with a challenging experience, to begin again with curiosity. Maybe that anger filled with ill will visits you again. And what my mind does is it's like, Oh, there's anger or there I'm angry at that certain situation. But what's it like to become aware of anger filled with ill will right now? It's particular flavor. So, so many dimensions to it. You know, as the Buddha says, anger with its poisoned root and honeyed tip. You ever notice this about anger it has that honeyed tip have you noticed that there's something alluring about it and have you felt the poisoned root of it and it's like when i really start to understand that from a felt sense oh there's the honeyed tip of anger there it is i'm hooked and boy is it poison if poisonous if i remain hooked to it What's it like? What's it feel like? Oh, anger this time feels like this. What's it like to begin this new year, to begin your spiritual practice with what's right here, with curiosity? And of course, to begin again, with what's right here in our meditation practice. What I love about meditation is I get the chance to repeatedly practice beginning again. It's like I start to learn the art of what it feels like to begin again and hopefully skillfully learn that to begin again without judgment. 
my mind gets lost in thought. I notice how the mind's lost in thought. I notice the quality of thought. I come back. The mind gets lost in thought. I notice the emotion, the thought. I come back. And to me, that's what's so freeing is being able to come back and to notice without judgment. And I really do feel like this changes how I can begin again in these different realms I've been telling you about. At the same time, I, I want to be clear. When I'm talking about beginning again, I also want to be honest. It takes practice, don't you think? When you think about the beginning again, for example, in meditation or the beginning again of seeing somebody freshly as a first experience. It takes cultivating the habit of beginning again. You know, there was a writer who was summing up Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics, you know, his Aristotle's understanding of ethics. And he, he put it this way, that excellence, excellence in a human being is a habit, not an act. And I so appreciate this, that it's not just one act, it's coming into a habit that creates this skillfulness, like the habit of presence, of meditation, of beginning again. And it's the new year. It's the time to talk about habits, creating habits. What's it like to reflect on that right now? How can you begin again with what you want to begin again with? You know, in light of this, I think this is why I was excited. We're, we just started this morning, which I so appreciate. Uh, thanks, Kathy, Kathy, for getting us going here, of um, doing a, a, a morning meditation sit together that happens just for a half hour from 7.30 to 8 every morning, Monday through Friday. And then there's kind of a 15-minute lingering time if you want to hang out. It's a great way to begin again with your sitting meditation if you're interested. Community, it makes such a difference. Or there's going to be a retreat where that's the theme, beginning, beginning again, anew, on January 16th and 17th, to, to begin again with a retreat, get the momentum going with your meditation. Or Alan and Kathy, thank you so much, Alan and Kathy, for um, your willingness to once again share a six-week course in insight meditation that's going to begin in February. And I, I just feel so grateful. This is You guys have been doing this for so many years, and so many people have come to FIMC through your inter, uh, introducing them to meditation. So, so it's just some things to reflect on, and I'm going to put those in the chat. There's a morning sit, sitting meditations, retreat, and a six-week uh, introductory course on insight meditation, and there's some links to it. For the retreat on 16th and 17th, feel free to register for it, even though the registration ended a couple days ago. There's still some openings. So now what we're going to do is we're going to practice together beginning again. We're going to take some time in our meditation. And in particular, I want to remind you of these different qualities that I'm inviting you to engage in that I spoke about. Can this meditation that we're doing, can it be a first experience? 
like you've never done it before. What's it like to meditate? What's the feeling of your breath like? What's it like to hear sounds come and go? To really see if you can embody that quality of beginning again in that sense. And then practicing beginning again when your mind gets lost, when, it, when your mind wanders. Become curious about what arises, what passes away. Okay, so let's just take two minutes to move and stretch our bodies and then we'll, uh, we'll begin again with some meditation. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.